Well, hello everybody. What a pleasure it is. Phil Pringle here from the C3 Church Global Podcast. And we're talking today with John Pierce from C3 Powerhouse, Queensland. Good to have you on, John. It's great to be with you, Pastor Phil. This is a great initiative for our movement and people beyond. Oh, well, I, I think so. I think uh, podcasts are an a untapped resource uh, at this stage, although a lot of people obviously have tapped into them, but people can listen whether they're uh, exercising or in the car. And audio is so unrestricted because you don't have to watch it. You can just hear it and, uh, and be informed and make your car a rolling university or your workout, a uh, motivational session. Absolutely. And people love hearing from you on Leadership, Pastor Phil. You are the master, so this is awesome. Well, thank you. Um, I've uh, tried to learn from others, the best in the world, as well as hang out with incredible leaders like yourself. Hence, I have asked you to be on board this this week. Uh, And it's such a thrill because you are involved in so many areas of running C3 plus your own church plus your business and uh, you know just before we get into on the main topic which I want to talk about developing a strong leadership team and right. I, I'm wanting to jump in on that very soon and uh, but before I do l- let me ask you just on that fact of I mentioned just three areas that you are involved in plus you are a an exemplary father and husband. And we all know that that takes a decent amount of energy, time and focus to make that work. Some people think families are just going to magically somehow work. They don't work without a lot of work. And uh, I think also the same can be said for businesses. You run a business, plus you uh, run an incredibly powerful church, aptly named C3 Powerhouse, uh, Kiwana Waters, and then you run basically the executive team for our movement, uh, a global movement, which has its fair share of challenges, but delightfully, it's full of rewards and blessings as well as we serve the Lord. Talk to us about capacity, John. What do you? What, how do you manage to cope with those three different areas, which are somewhat dissimilar? and uh, manage to actually keep your act together. Firstly, Pastor Phil, you're very kind. Uh, And thanks for looking at my Instagram because I'm portraying the image of uh, a great family out there to the world. So I appreciate you uh, buying what I'm selling. Um, Now, I think, look, I think I've learned this from you over the years is um, you've got to make sure because every every role people take on every responsibility, whether it's being a husband, whether it, or or wife, whether it's being a dad, whether it's leading a business, whether it's leading a team, leading a church. For me, the privilege of leading C3 Australia and the and supporting uh, serving you in the movement. Every time you take on a new role, there's a new level of both physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual pressure. And so I liken it to, to someone who's diving. As you dive down under the water, every 10 metres you go deeper into the dive, the pressure on you doubles from what it is That's above the water. That's a really good thought. 
So as you go deeper into your leadership journey and responsibility, the pressure, mental, but spiritually mostly, which creates mental and physical pressure, it just increases and increases. So the only way, and it's a progressive journey, the only way that you can survive and actually do well is to make sure that your inner world is being fueled well to resist the pressure. And you've always said, and I believe this, the big three things for every Christian is their word life, their prayer life, and their fellowship life, their church life. And that doesn't change in leadership. So the deeper I go, my prayer life has to be greater than the external pressures of my responsibility. So I've got to go deeper in prayer. My word life and the word in my mouth, the word in my mind, my meditation's got to go deeper. And I've got to hang around with bigger leaders who help me become a bigger person. So that's, I think that's probably the core summation. I've just, you know, there's been moments where I'm like, oh, this is killing me. What's the issue? And too often people think I need a holiday, but it's not. I just got to actually increase my prayer, my word, and and that fellowship well, factor in my the, life. The analogy of the, brew, the, of the diving thing is so uh, so appropriate mm. because uh, you know the first time I went diving was up in the the um, islands, you know, Great Barrier Reef, mm-hmm. and uh, they pushed me over. And I went down after we'd done our little rehearsal in the pool uh, at, at the resort. And then you go out and you go down. Well, they ta- ta- told me how to depressurize, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm going down trying to do that. But I, by about 20 feet, blood was filling up in my mask. My nose exploded, baby. And, I, and so I had to go back up and I just gave up. I thought, flip, I got sensitive blood vessels in my nose. I'm not going to be able to do this. But you know what? I have done a lot of sailing since then and often uh, in murky or unsure waters, I want to check that anchor. So to get down sometimes 20 metres or or 10 metres even, it's a decent dive and you pull yourself down on that chain. But I learned real quick that I had to – Hold my nose and breathe it out, and you you pressurize the inside of yourself yep. to yep. equalize the pressure on the outside, and it is unbelievable. You you're fine down there. You, your nose doesn't blow up. You 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 stand on the bottom, and if the bottom's too hard, you dig the the anchor in and and make yep. sure you got a good holding, and you can stay down there for as long as your lungs can hold breath. And if you don't panic. And the way that you're not panicking is because you've equalized the level of pressure, if you like, on the inside of you becomes equal to what the outside is. And exactly what you're saying, if you increase the level of word inside you to the level of pressure on the outside, you're going to be fine. Yeah, it's it's so true. And I can can tell, I can feel, I feel days I'm wobbly or anxious and, and, you know, things are bouncing around in my head and I've just got to go, all right, it's not the time to make a decision right now. I just got to, I got to increase that prayer and word and, so, and get on top of that pressure. And, uh, you know, some, some days I get it on top of it straight away early in the morning, my prayer and word. Other days I live sort of a little wobbly for the day, but I 
you know, come up for air and go again the next day. And so no guilt for people who struggle with the weight or pressure, but you just got to, the other thing I think you can increase your capacity by just going harder and going longer. We've got way more in us than we actually think we do. That's why we need PTs and coaches and people calling out what's already in us. We've got way more capacity than we think we do. We're not going to die. We're going to make it. So I reckon people can just, you can, you've got more in Yeah, I, I think uh, the right kind of people can receive that. And and knowing that I, I'll sometimes, people say, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to be I say, of course you can. And it is amazing what a little bit of faith in somebody can do in increasing their ability to do something. And then they, they go like, wow, I, I, he believes I can do it. I, I, pro- I probably can. And, and if you're realistic and you're setting a person up for success, you're actually going to expand them and uh, increase them. So anyway, I, I think um, in a world of de- declining focus, uh, apparently humans now in the West are, have a, f- a, a length of focus, uh, a, an attention span of about eight seconds. Wow. Wow. Whereas a goldfish has an attention span of nine <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I mean, isn't that isn't that ridiculous? I mean, how long can you read your morning devotion before your mind is thinking about something else? Oh how long can you be in a conversation before you you've you've dropped out of it and your head's on some other thing because you got distracted by whatever? So that attention span, uh, I find, for coping with things, you have got to give yourself entirely to what you are engaged in. Right then, right now, this is all I'm doing, this podcast. I'm not going to be attempting to do anything else. I want 100% of my focus and attention on what I'm doing at, at, in the present. So being in the present, um, it, making sure that I am focusing on where I am, what I'm doing in the there and now, not worrying about, oh, what am I going to yeah. do about that thing in three hours? Because I've, I've got a meeting later on today that could – you know, unsettle me and get my yeah. brain thinking about it now. But I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. And and so learning the discipline of focusing your thinking and giving yourself entirely to your present application becomes such an important thing for coping with a multi Exactly. And that, I think one of the life. things I, I actually use things like this podcasts to actually help me stay focused on what I'm focused on. So there'll be certain days I'm like, okay, it's my day off and I want to be in my family zone. So I'll listen to something at the start of the day about family and it just redirects my life. Some days I'm listening to stuff about leadership. Other days I'm leading to stuff about capacity or ministry. Or So I find that I can point my mind in certain directions by what I give attention to. And that's one of the ways that, some. okay, if I'm in a business zone, I'm reading and thinking business, talking to people like that. So you, you can direct it yeah. rather than it sort of directing you. Yeah, I've I've read a reasonable amount on the idea of multitasking and most most of the conclusions from yeah. researchers, psychologists, sociologists, everybody, nah, there's no such thing. Uh, it's distraction. It's called distraction. It's called giving one inch of a mile deep brain to 10 different things and not doing any of them really well. Because and all sorts of stuff is going to slip through the cracks. So it takes faith, though, to not worry about things that you're not currently involved. Just to leave them and say they're going to they're going to be fine. I'll deal with it when I get yes. there. Yes. And uh, 
That's a mental discipline. And, you know, I mean, <clears throat> talking about that, I want to lead into this idea of building a strong team. And uh, it, it, I, I love developing leadership. All my leadership principles are based on mm -hmm. Scripture. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the Bible is full of leadership. I, I, none of us have plumbed the depths of of how God raises leaders and how He develops that leadership capacity in us and how much God does uh, raise leaders Himself to accomplish what He wants to accomplish. And this it's an important thing because once a leader is in place, he needs to stay in place and do the things that he's been called to do because if he over- uh, delegates and lets go some of the areas that he's meant to alone hold on to, he actually is not going to see the success he wants. Now, I believe thoroughly in delegation, but uh, but there comes some times where we have to, like Moses, it's not like Aaron and Hur said, hey, we'll hold the stick up in the air. The, yes. God gave Moses a strategy and that was their strategy was the stick, but it was yeah. only going to work in his hands, yeah. not in the hands of Aaron Hur. So they they stood by him and helped him hold that strategy up. They didn't replace him. They didn't say, "Hey, we'll sit on the rock and hold the stick up," because it's not in the strategy; it's in the man. And God has committed Himself to certain individuals to actually accomplish some great things on earth. And that's why choosing the right people for the right jobs in our Love it. in our no, teams. I, I, is so I totally agree. I think that the, the one of the reasons that when Paul writes to leaders, those are the gift of leaders. He says, uh, "Those of you who are leaders, do it with all diligence." is because it can be quite easy if you are a leader to over-delegate and kick back. And so the, the energy and the hard work to say, well, what do, what do I do and what do I bring to the team and what do they need me focused on? Because you can check out if you're a good leader, you build a team and they can do stuff. But, but there's a certain perspective, I reckon, that it's the vision culture thing in the heart of the leader of what you see that not everyone sees it. And if we check out then our teams suffer for it. So we've got to hold that rod, That we've got to hold that gift that God's put on us to lead. Uh, whether that's a great Yeah, I, I think it is. Hey, now, I'm going to talk, I'm going to just, before we, we might even not even get to this, we'll do it another day, the strong leadership team, but I, but I think we will get to it. But, you know, there's some a thought that's just come to me, John, right now, that uh, in relation to that, what you were just talking about, how it really is is an interesting dynamic and th that once you've given somebody a job to do mm -hmm. as a leader, then to leave them with that job and to give them feedback, but not to try and do the job for them. Now, the reason it interests me is, is because you and I are in that situation. Yes. I am the, uh, the visionary leader, president of C3 Global. Yes. You are the executive leader executing and and doing a lot right. of the work that, that I sometimes get the credit for. And I'm sorry about that because really right. you have job, <laughs> you've accomplished so many things. But but just talk with me and talk with us here today how you manage to do that so well because I don't know anybody else who has done it as well as you. You retain the honor for leadership, but you also have a huge motivation and initiative in actually guiding both myself, and I find it easy to receive, plus leading that team of 
pretty yeah, strong brilliant individuals. Leaders, brilliant people. Talk to oh, I think, and it's, it's interesting because you know, there's there's some some people say it like this. I won't. Use, but some days you're the pigeon, and some days you're the statue. Sort of relates. <laughs> some days you're the senior leader. Some days you're on the team and carrying out a senior leader's vision. So when I when I've got my C three power has hat on. I'm the senior leader, casting vision, delegating, releasing the team. Uh, in this role with yourself, uh, I'm actually, you're the senior leader. And so I've got to be really clear. One, I'm not I'm not the visionary for C3 Global. You are the visionary for C3 Global. Um, it's, it's my job to prayerfully ask questions and just get on the page of what do you see, what's in your heart, what are you thinking, that comes through asking questions, through observations, through prayer. So if I'm clear about that, that's that's awesome. I don't have to be the visionary. My job is to then help that vision come to pass, and that comes down more to strategy and with culture. So in a lot of ways, I, I need to just maintain, and we talk a lot, and, you know, both you and I initiate those conversations and talking and what are you thinking, what's going on, um, there's, but I think the, the the first thing that makes it work is I'm I am here to facilitate vision. I'm not here to create vision. And so then strategy works. So that that would be the first thing that's, I would say. I'm, I, I know I'm no, not holding a, the role. Yeah, it's a brilliant. It's role. a brilliant thought, and and it's a challenging thought. And there's not too many who can pull it off. In fact, uh, late last year we took a big hit in the press in the media. And that knocked me around more than it should have. I was pretty exhausted, uh, and I didn't realize how tired I was until that event. And you guys moved in, and uh, and I mean, a leader's at a pretty vulnerable moment in those times. But you were amazing. I mean, you you said, okay, you got you you, you need to take three months off, and uh, and even though, I, and I know you're speaking from a heart that's only wanting the best for the whole situation. So I, and so did the team and I agreed. I thought, yeah, th- that's good. And it was one of the best things that I've ever done. And, uh, and so I think, and in that time, there was not one ounce of nervousness in me that you, you guys were going to sort of move in and try and take the thing from here on. And I mean, there was, there's never been that in our whole leadership team. And I'm so thankful to God for that quality of leadership. So, so the managing as, a, as an assistant leader in one situation and then becoming the leader in another means I've got a capacity to be more than a one-dimensional person. I've got two or three dimensions in my gearbox. And all I need to do is know when I'm in what situation and know yeah, how to exactly, change Exactly, because there are times when you're the senior leader and, you know, it, whether it be in a crisis mode, whether whether there be a sense of urgency that you create, and I reckon maybe 20% of the time, there's a sense that you're making the calls yourself. I'm just going for it. And then other times, it's the collaborative leadership team. We're doing this as a team. We're learning and drawing it from one another. And then other times, you know, in my seat, well, I'm, I'm, most of the time I'm implementing a vision, but sometimes I have to manage what we call manage up sometimes. And that comes out of respect, that comes out of honour, but I've got to actually go what's best for you what and what's best for us. And that that's that's the seat. And it's a there's a tension. You can't let that over, you know, get um, too strong in you. You have to walk with real balance between honour and also how do we stay on track and do what we're called to do. So there's some real nuances, I think, in the role of 
anyone who's listening who's a 2IC or who sits yeah, in that that's, seat. That's brilliant. And I've, I've always thought that the way we we handle that situation, uh, the up line, is how our downline is going to respond to us. We reap what we sow. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, I think and, one of the and, things, if I can say, Pastor Phil, in yeah. the, the, the 2IC role is really about helping create clarity um, so when you're serving a visionary leader, a visionary leader can have a hundred new ideas every day, all the time of downloads <laughs> and things. Right. And so the, the role of a 2IC is like a Joseph. Joseph was a 2IC and he was a dream interpreter. Right. And I think that's what in any of our, you know, anyone who's got 2ICs, I always tell our guys here on the team, your job is to keep asking questions until you're clear and I'm clear. And sometimes I process things verbally. So that means, you know, the processing helped yeah. me get the clarity. And what I, the result I came to in the conversation is different the next day. And, the, and teams have just – so one of the things I try and do is get people to write things down. Right. So we had that conversation. We're thinking about this. This is how, how I think we landed. Yeah. Is that where, you're, where you are? And then I asked them to remind me, hey, guys, a month ago, Pastor John, we decided this, and I will do that in an executive team with yourself. I'll go, hey, Pastor Phil, we already, we've talked about that. We've made that decision. Yep. So let, we don't need to revisit it. Let's keep it going. Yep. So that's, I think, one of the big roles of a team player, an executive totally. pastor or team leader is, is to create clarity and make sure we yeah, stay Yeah, and I think uh, from my point of view, the leader, he's he's got to recognize that you haven't got people sitting around that table just to go, yes, yes, yes. You, you're paying for brains and you want them all turned on and you're also paying for courage that they will actually say what they want to say and everybody's going to love one another, but the ability to have candid conversations and keep loving one another is a super important piece of the culture. Yes. Um, um, so building a strong team, that's part of it. You, if you want drones who just say yes, then you're going to have a weak team. But um, Joseph, uh, Jacob, the, this this scripture that I wanted to get to. And again, let me reiterate that you don't need to just be looking in leadership books and manuals for leadership skills. You'll find a ton of skills in scripture that are going to set you up for all kinds of leadership principles that work. It says in uh, Genesis 30, 37, now Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and chestnut trees, peeled white strips of them and exposed the white which was in the rods and the rods which he had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters or the drinking troughs, in the watering troughs where their flocks came to drink so that they should conceive when they came to drink. So the flocks conceived before the rods and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled and spotted. Then Jacob separated the lambs, made the flocks face toward the streaked and all the brown of the flock in Laban and he put his own flocks by themselves. And then in verse 41, and it came to pass whenever the stronger livestock conceived that Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in those watering troughs that they might conceive. But when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler who are Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. It's a, it's a fascinating Jacob story, typical uh, swindling and dealing. And, and, but but, um, but the, 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 the fact that he put the vision of what they were to become in front of them while they were conceiving and well, while they were drinking, because as they all came to drink, the, the males would mount the females and they'd conceive. So in my mind, that's like, 
there's, there mm-hmm. is a gathering, there's worship, drinking the water, and in that time there is a spiritual conception of what we will become. And so that becomes really important that the leader is always presenting the vision to, to his team mm-hmm. about what we are going to become. Uh, these days, whenever C3 is going to become a million worshippers around the world. And uh, I think that as long as I'm saying that to myself, I, I see it, I feel it, and believe it, that then we are in a creative process to bringing something to pass. If I do that with myself, then when I speak it, it's not just an excited statement. It's actually something I am believing is going to happen. Right. And that faith gets inside your leaders. Now, there are other things that I will speak to myself on a daily basis because I know that I can program my brain with my mouth. I can, and I try to program it with statements like that, but also with scripture. So I'll put a scripture next to that and say, What things soever I desire when I pray, I believe I receive it and I shall have it. And I think this is part of what having faith in God is. And that's a big part of what being a leader is, is transmitting a believable vision that keeps knocking people out of their negativity, which comes easily and naturally, into an, a self-initiating, positive lifestyle. And, and it's so important that we don't just have positive yes. statements yes. because they work to a level. They're like the magicians of Egypt. They, it'll duplicate the, the things of God to a level, but then there comes a whole new level of miracles and effects that come from speaking Scripture into our inner man until it gets down there and then you actually transform yourself. And if you can transform yourself by the renewing of your mind or the rewiring or reprogramming of your mind, then you are going to change your church. I love that. Is that something, so for you, Pastor Phil, you would do that pretty much every day? Is that part of your prayer kind of strategy or how, how you roll? How does, it, how does it work for you? You might have heard these dings coming up because I'm on the computer and I haven't turned off the notifications and I'm not yeah. going to bother. Those dings, one of them is a reminder and it's it's every day it's got one million worshippers in C3. Yeah. That's, the, that's at the top of the list, 1,000 churches, uh, 10,000 students in the C3 college. Amazing. And so I, I, I'm speaking that and seeing it. Uh, seeing it, you got to stop and just recall the image. Because here's the thing. God might give you a vision. And like Jacob, he had, there is a scripture where it says Jacob had a dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he has this dream where he sees all these. So that's a one-off event. Mm-hmm. But he, from that point onwards, on an everyday event, he initiated the, re- the remembering and the revisiting of that dream. And I wonder, I wonder if he didn't put those rods in there as much for the sheep as I for reckon. himself. Yeah, I like that. I think that's the, that's the, the way, this, it's the way we create in the spirit realm, isn't it? Both by totally. speaking, but also what we see. So then when you say, Hey, I'm believing for one million worshippers. To me, the resonance factor, does this resonate with people who hear it? It's it's only will resonate to the degree that it resonates in you. Totally. And totally. it only resonates in you because you've spoken it, you've visualized yeah. it, you've recalled it, you've you've conceived, and now you're carrying this right. vision from God. And so then when you declare right. it, people go. Well, I can see that. That's amazing. Not because you're reading a statement that you once wrote down or you've got sitting on the wall. That's right. 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I have a bunch of other private things in there too. Yep. About my own finances. Yep. About my housing. Yep. About my family. Yes. All that stuff. And I, I think if you just let your garden grow, you grow weeds. Exactly. You've got to keep nurturing the good trees in your brain. Carolyn Leaf talks about growing trees in your yep. brain. Yep. Well, you grow these trees by simply talking about it. And, and uh, speaking into your soul, God desires truth in the inward parts. So when I am doing that inside of me, I am putting that vision in front of the team. That is when we, we start to create a strong team. Exactly. And you do it. What I love about what, the way you do it, Pastor Phil, is it, it is a consistent vision casting because we know just as faith leaks, vision leaks. Yeah. So therefore, even I kind of think this, when I think I've told the church or my team the vision and it should be strong because it's strong in me, we're maybe 10% there. Yeah. So it's got to be repeated. We've got to find different ways to communicate it, you know, yep. uh, different ways to for people to be able to see. Well, for you, I know in your book, Leadership 101, which is a genius book that we use for all our leaders in developing our right. leaders and right. everyone should use it. You talk about both culture creation yep. and yep. also vision casting. But can you give us a, just give us a couple of key thoughts about how you vision cast your team? Obviously, we've talked about how you get it on the inside. Right. Well, how do you? How do I get that into their insight? Okay, uh, repetition is the key, uh, uh, and every time you get up and talk, you need to point that compass back to your true north. I, I have got a skipper's license, and I uh, part of it was being out on the water for five days, and and thirty hours of night steering on the on the wheel. Uh, I remember the the coach telling me the instructor telling me, keep it on 119 degrees. And we were in a storm. Lightning was hitting the water and uh, I could feel the electricity coming up through the wheel. Uh, it was it was such a big storm. I couldn't, I couldn't see two feet in front of me. It was so thick with mist and rain. It was terrible. So I had to look down at that compass, find the 119 degrees, and then I'd look up. And maybe I'd, I'd be looking up for 15 seconds, 20 at the most 30 before I'd look down again. And I was around at 160 Amazing. degrees. Amazing. Within a few moments, you'll yep. be off course. Yep. And man, every preacher who's ever preached on that has probably used the Erebus, the Mount Erebus example, where they were only a few degrees off, but they flew straight into a mountain. And, uh, and you only need to be one inch off today and you'll be miles off. Uh, in in a ten year period, so constantly revisiting that yes. true north yes. for your people, and yes. you never want to apologize for repetition. We get revived by remembering. Peter said that. Yes. I want to revive you by reminding you, and so it, people feel it again. Even me talking about the one million worshippers, it lights the spark again. Yeah. And I just said that to mis, to myself at breakfast, uh, but here I am again, and 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 I'm thinking, yeah. Because it's easy for the mind to start thinking, oh, how could that ever happen? It's never going to happen. Where, I mean, let's just take it as an excited statement uh, and and try and compromise it. But when you come back to a faith statement, a belief, if I believe what I'm saying exactly as you said before, then that vision's going to impart and get inside the team. And once they've got that primary pursuit and purpose of the of the reason why God has called us together and it's now in a numeric form it, the the strange thing is as soon as i believe it 
I see all the things that would stop me actually getting there. Yes. Because yep. if I see the end from the beginning and I plot my course between here and that desired goal, I will immediately yes. see the reasons why it won't happen. And start removing the And then I can deal with them. I can, I can deal with these obstacles and I can think, well, that person's capacity is going to falter or we're not going to have the resources or the numbers of leaders that we need or the number of worship leaders that we need. You're going to see the problems or else you're going to see the need for new technology or how we can use technology. So there are a lot of, as soon as you believe the vision, you'll see a whole host of things that are going to help you get there. And then I think you need a plan that is written down. If you can't write it down, it's not a plan. And it should be planned better than your family holiday, although most people plan plan their family holiday better than they plan their life. And uh, and so to actually make sure you've, you've got a clear plan that people can follow, it's a strategy. Uh, and the strategy is always uh, an incredibly important part of any vision casting. If people can't right, see right. how they're going to do it, they brilliant. won't believe that's it. That's brilliant. I love it. I think that's the, the continual. So that's and the fact that when you talked about it, we're, we're earthing it with Scripture. So it's not just a statement. I love the idea that you're you're speaking out um, out of Mark 11. You're talking about my faith, right. you know, all things are possible. And right. then out of that Scripture, this is what I'm seeing. Right, right. Uh, it's not just a mind over matter. It's not just a hype thing. Sure. It's yeah. actually earthed in the Word of God, and that's the power of it, isn't oh, it? It is. It's a... I mean, a tree's in a seed, and uh, and that seed is the word of God. Luke eight eleven says that. And if you get that, if you get that seed down in your spirit, where it's meant to be, not just as information in your head. And the only way I know to get the seed into my spirit is to keep repeating it yeah. to myself. Yeah. And eventually, I, it goes boom, and I have light on the inside of me. Very good. And uh, it has it is food, it is energy, and when I speak it, it creates a faith around that project. And I believe if you can master that dynamic, then you will actually be able to take your team into that same zone, and they are in a faith, courageous, confident, positive, powerful zone. And on that. That's where the Holy Spirit falls. So he then, falls te- so then the team. So this is the alignment of team. If 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 your team go, okay, it's not my job to cast to, to cast the vision, but I've got to catch the vision. So right. once I've caught it, then I'm not in the zone of why we can't and what why this won't work. But then the team basically can see that same vision, and then ideally everyone's got some. A, a, a piece of the puzzle of well, how are we going to bring this to pass? We don't need teams of how we how it's not going to happen. We need teams of of identifying because I don't think every visionary leader needs to be the strategist. You can just surround yourself with people who see it and have got the grace of God on them for that component. But it's but you, that only comes when the team buy into the yes, this is where we're going, and I'm a hundred percent in. So let's let's pray, and it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and us. And away they went, send, send Paul and Barnabas off here. But there's got to be that clarity of vision, prayer, fasting, and then the right team working yeah, together. You, to bring you it so pass. need a faith team. You know, Moses sent those guys in to find a way. He, he They were meant to be the strategists. Yes. But they, they went in and they told him why they couldn't go in. That was not their brief. So our boards, church boards, uh, uh, should be there to find a way to implement 
the vision of the of the senior guy. Yeah, and the children's workers are there to make sure the children team leader has given them a vision, and that they're there to find the way the way in, not to tell them why it can't be done. Yeah. Uh, and if, if if it needs modifying, if the senior pastor is saying, let's do this in a year's time, and the strategists come back and say, oh, let's take three years, but we'll do the same thing. Well, then that's modifying it a little, but but not completely. It's just modifying the strategy. You're still going to get the same result. It's just that we've put some brains on it and we believe this is more feasible. And so those kinds of things are important. You know, uh, one of the great things that you and I have been involved in, John, is arranging conferences mm-hmm. around the world. In, in the good old days when we used to have conferences, could look and, uh, now. people could travel. Now. Remember, remember those days I when we used to get those on planes. Days. Those great days. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, we are going to get on Zoom on November the 5th. And uh, I just thought I'd say Mm -hmm. this as we come to a close uh, today. On November the 5th, 5th, we have an amazing uh, C3 Global Conference, but that's open for uh, many, many people. Yep. We're going to be in the studio down here, John, from 8 in the morning until 8 at night. Yes, big day. It's going to be awesome. It'll be awesome. because we go to because regions all around the world and people will be able to, to either come in on uh, YouTube and watch it live or catch up on it later or, or a Zoom experience for C3 Pastors, which will be fan, it'll be so much fun, actually. Oh, we, we just installed two big new screens in our studio and uh, we can get, I think, up to 300 faces on there, right? We're, and I'll be able to see each one of them. And, so good. And the, I love the thing about Zoom, you know the name of people. Yes, exactly. It's like, very helpful. It's like a pastor's savior. <laughs> exactly. No, I can't wait. I think that's going to be a – I think people will be surprised – at how good that that experience is, it's not just it's it's not just another, you know, YouTube that I'm watching. It's a live, interactive kind of vibe, and uh, with some great worship from around the world. We're going to have lots of different ones. You're going to be speaking three times across the day, and uh, I just can't wait. I think we're Mark Verges. Have, have we too? Yes, yes, he he is going to be um, one of our. Oh, he's our key, get, keynote guest speaker, which will That's be great. great. So, and you're speaking. I'm going to speak. Can't, Can't wait, wait to hear that. I mean, you you are not just a speaker. You minister the power of the Holy Spirit in such a dynamic way. Thank you. Incredible. I'm, I'm, going, I'm believing, Pastor Phil, that we will have healings and miracles all around the world. We're, we're getting feedback constantly of people getting healed watching online. Incredible. Um, three of Jesus' miracles that are recorded were when he wasn't in the room. They were somewhere else. So it's and, – and it, that's just the recorded one. So it's not unusual for the Holy Spirit to minister powerfully to people when they're watching and in another place. I can't yeah. wait. Totally. God is unlimited. He's not limited by space nor time. Yeah. Send his word and he healed them. Yes. So that's going to be an amazing time, people. You can register for this conference by jumping onto our website, C3 Global website, C3 Church Global website, and you will then find uh, all, all that you need to find to actually register yourself as a church. You could watch it as a church in your time zone. It's going to be 90 minutes long and there'll be a pre-show and an after show which will make it all about one hour I mean sorry two hours but uh, we'd love you to jump on 15 minutes early we're spending a lot of time designing this entire uh, presentation so that it's snappy it's full of life fun laughter and heaps of in-depth impartation and uh, 
and information and revelation for you and your your congregation and your own personal life. Uh, this is it is it is our first attempt at this, and it's gonna we are determined to make it a complete winner. So uh, make sure you jump on and uh, register your team, register your church, or just as an individual. We'd love to have you as part of our November the 5th C3 Church Global Conference. November the 5th, remember that. Amen. Well, John, it's been such a delight having you uh, on with us today. I got to tell you, you're one of the finest uh, men of God I've ever had the privilege to work with. And uh, I thank God all the time for you and Danielle and your family and your church. God bless you. You're too kind. It's a wonderful privilege to serve you and Pastor Chris. You are legends. Thanks for being with us today. (laughs) God bless. See you now. Bye.